Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contests, and squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code ZABE and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at MyBookie. It's simple. Make your picks. Win big. Collect your cash. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, if the NFL doesn't allow fans back into their stadium soon, guess what? Other options are going to start getting more appealing. Kirk Cousins replaces You Like That with a classic riff on Ivan Drago. Mr. X and I go over season totals in the NFL. All that plus modified phase two forever. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. Thank you for joining me. I am going to be as efficient as possible. I need to rest my voice and heal my throat. I've got a little bit of something going on. I've got a Peter Brady crack in my voice. I played today on the afternoon show. The uh, things have got to change. Sha-na-na-na-na-na. The song from the Brady Bunch where his voice cracked. I'd never seen that before. But apparently it's uh, very well known. All right, let's get right to it. Buffalo Wild Wings is selling a $99 package. Oh, there you go. Package. They're selling a $99 package to Browns fans in the Cleveland area where for $99 you get a guaranteed seat for all games, for 16 games of the Browns, home and road, since you can't go to the stadium. Guaranteed seat and you get... Uh, 10 wings per week. So 10 wings per week for $99. Not too shabby because I'm guessing the standard price for 10 wings at B-dubs would be about $9.99. So it's like buy 10 weeks, get the final six weeks for free. Now I know Buffalo Wild Wings is not for everybody. I like B-dubs. I know that some would say, oh, gross, there's better places than that. That's fine. It's the McDonald's of wings. Fine. But here's the thing, and this goes along with uh, Pepsi had a promotion in which they encouraged fans to show us their modified tailgate. And there was a Jets fan that had his driveway and his yard painted with a Jets end zone and a makeshift goalpost, and he was going to have fans over to uh, watch inside his garage. <clears throat> inside his garage, excuse me. And I'm like, how soon before people start saying, man? This is what I want. I want a tailgate. I want a grill. I want to throw the football with friends. I want to watch the Jets lose. And I want to get out of the parking lot in two minutes flat, if that. And I'll watch on TV in a garage on an 80-inch 4K TV and be able to bring my kids, let them run around. And it's essentially free. Maybe the cost of a 12-pack or... Uh, some brats or some wings I bring by to cook. 
and it's just as good as the stadium. What I wanted was the tailgate and the communal experience, and now I'm realizing I'm a sucker for going to the games. If I'm the NFL, I'd be very worried about that. I would keep an eye on that. I would not be telling Pepsi. I'd be telling them, don't no, don't do a promotion of this. We want to get people back into our parking lots at $60 a car, paying for our beer at $12 a cup, and staying and spending and spending and spending. Kirk Cousins, God bless you. Kirk Cousins said in a podcast interview with Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football that he is very, very, on a scale of 1 to 10, his concern about the coronavirus is like .00001. And that he thought masks were kind of silly, or I don't know what his word was exactly, but then said, hey, if I get it, I'm just going to soldier through it, and if I die, I die. Kirk Cousins committed the cardinal sin in today's society of not bowing to the God of sensitivity. He was insensitive to those who had family members who may have died of or with or in complication with the coronavirus. He was minimizing the magical, this will solve all our problems item called the mask. Worship the mask. And so by the end of the day, as I predicted, he had to clarify and or walk back, depending on on how the headlines framed it, his comments about the coronavirus. But very much Ivan Drago, if I die, I die. And guess what? He was dead right. He understands the risks. He's not an idiot. He takes personal responsibility. He also said that he, yeah, he wears masks to be sensitive to others and everything else, but he didn't come off as enough of a mask worshiper and didn't vow his fealty to the magical qualities of the mask, which will stop this virus and heal us all. It's just simple. Wear a damn mask. Close your damn business. Don't travel. Don't see your damn wife or don't see your damn parents or family or don't go to a damn funeral. Don't open your store. Don't do this. Don't do that. Just wear a damn mask. Kirk Cousins, I like you even more now. Some people did stick up for him, though. That needs to be noted. Dwayne Haskins was named as the starter for the Washington football team. No surprise there, uh, but it, you know, sort of an official thing. It's like pinning a guy. He probably should have won the job to start last year. Didn't put enough effort into it last summer. He's come a long way since then. This is a huge year for him. He's got to take this job and run with it. Otherwise, it's amazing how quickly NFL careers can go south. Aroldis Chapman has been suspended after throwing at a batter's head. There's a screenshot of it, and it just the video was terrifying. I pose this hypothetical. With the other news, there's two other stories that came up. So Aroldis Chapman throws at a guy's head, 101 miles an hour, gets suspended. Carol Baskin was announced as being one of the contestants on Dancing with the Stars, and a woman in Thailand took a selfie with a live tiger at a zoo that specializes in taking tiger selfies, but she decided to gently grab the tiger's nuts and then take the picture. Holy shit. She lived to tell about it. The tiger did kind of turn its head like, who's who's grabbing my nuts there? Uh, But didn't bite her head off, which I think all of us would have said, well, you had it coming, dummy. Question, what would you rather do? 
stand in the batter's box and know that Araldus Chapman is going to throw at you and it's your job to somehow dodge the 100-mile-an-hour missile? Would you rather go into a Tiger selfie zoo and take a selfie, but you have to grab gently the Tiger's nuts and hope it doesn't go after you? Or the third most unthinkable option, make love to Carol Baskin. That bitch, Carol! I don't want to do that voice because it strains my, my, my throat. And don't say, oh, what about the young Carol Baskin that we saw in the photographs during the uh, uh, Tiger King documentary? No, 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 Current, current Carol Baskin. I'm talking full-on, full-service, full-date night. Yep, do that too. And that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that. And cuddling afterwards. Your choice. Araldus Chapman fastball, Tiger Nut selfie, or sex, sex with Carol Baskin. Get back to me on the compare and contrast. David Blaine did a balloon stunt on Wednesday that was really badass. It was a copycat of the cartoon movie or animated movie Up, in which uh, an entire house is lifted into the skies and away to a magical world with nothing but balloons. David Blaine had a more elaborate rig. He had a parachute as well. Got up to like 24,000 feet and then parachuted down. Uh, I don't care what you say about well, I did this, I did that, we had a parachute. Fucking badass. I loved it. The Chiefs got their rings, and they are indeed badass. They have lots and lots of detail and rubies and diamonds and all this other stuff. They've got the scores of the teams they beat in the playoffs en route to the Super Bowl, including the number of points they were down in each of the games. Down 24 to the Texans before rallying unbelievably. Down 10 to the Titans before doing the same, and down 10 to the Niners in Super Bowl L-I-L-I? Yeah, I think it was L-I-L-I-I, something like that. Either way, pretty cool rings. But Andy Reid had the best line he said when asked, well, where are you going to wear it? You know, it's this big, expensive, flashy, gaudy thing. He's like special occasions. Or maybe I'll just point it at things and get a free cheeseburger. <laughs> Andy Reid in the cheeseburger ring. Fantastic. And... OTL on Thursday is going to have a special Redskins report, not called Redskins, but called the Culture Washington Football Team. And it will have a couple of the women who have come forward to say that they were sexually harassed and mistreated under Dan Snyder's regime, not by Dan Snyder himself, but under his underlings. And they're going to run snippets of it during the day on Thursday. Normally, I would just roll my head, or I would roll my eyes, groan, and say, Jesus, why does my team have to be this laughingstock? Instead, I see this as another brick crumbling down in Fort Snyder. I look at this as like, yes, ESPN, yes, a special. Do it. Make it so that Dan Snyder is unredeemable, excuse me, amongst NFL owners. And then we can get him out. The 21-year reign of utter error will finally be over. My segment here is over. Let's go talk to Mr. X, shall we? All right, time to talk to Mr. X and get ourselves ready for the upcoming NFL season. Hello. Well, NFL, our old friend, 
we meet again. We are one week away from the start of the season. Are we going to go 60% this year? Is this the year collectively, huh? Let's do it. Why not, right? I don't want to really lower our goals that much. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You and I were talking today about, well, uh, on the Friday podcast, which will be, uh, I don't know if I'm going to call it football five ways Friday this year. I don't know if it's going to present as sort of the structured kind of uh, pre-produced. It may morph a bit. I may call it the Friday football fiesta. Mr. X will be with me every Friday. And of course we will talk about the games. We won't pick all of the games because only suckers pick all the games, but we will have games that we like and we'll go ahead and give some picks away on the air. And of course, if you want more from Mr. X, who's not a tout, he is, I like to call him a gambling educator a gambling educator. You can uh, check him out at callmemrx.com and uh, subscribe to uh, his various levels of uh, coursework, let's put it that way, at callmemrx.com. So we'll see about Friday uh, starting next week, but this is sort of a preview on a free shot on a Thursday of what is going to be, uh, I hope, a great football season. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. It's going to be interesting. Not four and a half ways with half the college. You did say four and a half ways. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Four and a half ways. Um, There will be fantasy. There will be. uh, Yeah, we can do four and a half ways. Sure. Why not? We'll see. Oh, listen to the dog. All right. Uh, By the way, the ultimate, the ultimate wingman. You know what Kobe's doing? Oh, that's your dog, Kobe. Your German shepherd named after Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. This is day two of Mrs. X's retirement. And she's put us on a diet. Already? So, Oh, God, yes. So every time she leaves the house, Kobe takes food off the counter. He's my wingman. <laughs> <laughs> when she's gone, I just throw trash. I eat something, throw the trash on the floor, and she blames the dog every time. It's great. There you go. All right, before we get into we're going to go over some uh, over-under totals this year in the NFL. Okay. Before we get to that, and also MVP odds and uh, who's the coach first, most likely to get fired – uh, real quick thought, uh, Michael Jordan today, it was announced, was given like an advisory role with draft Kings and it resulted in a quick 13% run up in the company's stock price. It is remarkable in this regard, Mr. X, he is an NBA owner and even if he is only on the board or an advisor or whatever, sports leagues used to want nothing to do yeah. with gambling man yes. we're in a different day and age oh remember it used to be if you were they used to say uh if you went out to dinner they would say uh yeah you were associating with known gamblers right <laughs> it was a no-no you couldn't even go eat dinner with a guy who was a player I mean, and now you're buying into DraftKings. It's it is a different world. And by the way, I was looking at that today. They keep I've seen many places that say he is now part owner. He was given this equity stake in exchange for his name for and his for credibility. His quote, yeah, his quote business acumen. Uh, <laughs> Where's that come from? The official statement said his business acumen. Yeah, I like MJ. He's a good guy for a superstar. I'm not sure I see the business acumen. This is all about, um, as you said, it's the name. It reminds me of Oprah Winfrey 
when they attached her name to um, Weight Watchers and the stock right. went crazy. And it's like, hey, if Oprah's on Weight Watchers, it must be good. So now it's like, hey, if Jordan is in DraftKings, maybe that's the place to gamble. And we Come know, on. and we know Jordan is a degenerate gambler. I mean, yes, that's he what I'm saying. Loves Gives the action. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's start with the over-unders. Uh, as always, when you're betting an over-under in the NFL, pay careful attention to the weighted price of each side sure. because oftentimes it's not even on the over side and the underside. One might be minus 120 instead of 110, and therefore you're paying more of a premium if you're minus. Uh, plus means you're getting money back, so the higher number on the plus side is better Lower number on the minus side is better on that side. So keep that in mind. I don't have the uh, plus and minuses on this list, and I'm not sure it really matters because those prices, Mr. X, will fluctuate depending on where you wager, correct? Very much so. I would add to what you said. Yes, you take note of it. But, but don't obsess reason, over it. It doesn't take me off. It doesn't make one side win or lose like a point spread in a football game. You know, the winner's the winner. So, yes, if that number is high, I think harder. But just win. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, you're yeah. like Al Davis. Just win, baby. Okay. There you go. All right. The two top teams on this list I'm looking at at Vegas Insider. And, by the way, you should be betting at my bookie, mybookie.com, the official sports book of this very podcast. Uh, but where I've got an account, and we'll be getting my action in this year. Uh, the two top teams, according to Vegas Insider, the Chiefs and the Ravens at 11 and a half. How do you feel in general about high number win totals in the NFL? Good question. I will say generically, the best method in the NFL, NFL is a yo-yo league. And for a combination of reasons, it is the most balanced league. I generally want to go under the tops and over the bottoms. Now, not all of them, but those are where you find the best plays because of the way they match up. The schedule means everything in football. It's a short season. It's not like the other sports where it all evens out. So that format where the ones play the ones and the fours play the fours Mm -hmm. leads you to say, if you can tell me who was the worst one, you know, the division winner last year, go under them. If you can tell me who was the best four, you go over them because they're playing each other. And uh, you take the, okay. if all of the bottom teams are playing each other, you know, what is it? The Redskins, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. If you can tell me, if you can tell me which one of those four is the best, you go over the bottom team. A lot of teams go from four up because of that schedule. It really makes a difference. Uh, by when, the way, the, um, <coughs> when the, the Ravens, Ravens are playing yeah. two fours and the, and the Eagles are playing two ones, yeah. I mean, that stuff adds up. It does. All right. By the way, the Ravens, who are 11 and a half, here, for example, I'm looking at my bookie right now. The over is plus 100, but the under is minus 130. So, in other words, sure. there's a premium cost to betting the under of 11 and a half. Would the yeah. Chiefs or the Ravens go backwards this year? The one thing about the Ravens is if Big Ben and the Steelers are healthy again, that toughens up their division. Well, that is true. Again, when you look at totals, the first thing I look at is the matchups. For example, the Ravens division plays um, the NFC East, mm-hmm. possibly one of the worst divisions. 
So when you first look at the Ravens, the Steelers, you say, gee, they're all kind of high. Oh, yeah, they're playing a shit division. Right. You know, and then you look at which division do they play uh, internally. I mean, you know, within the conference, rather. And they play um, the South, Indy, Tennessee. So that you actually probably by accident hit right on the division with the softest schedule because they get to play Indy, Tennessee, Houston, Jacksonville, then the NFC East. So that's why you see all four teams in the Ravens division probably a little higher than you would first think until you analyze the schedule. Yeah. The Chiefs at a, yeah, it does. The Chiefs okay. at eleven and a half is a little bit of a tempting over for me because of this. The division I don't think has gotten any better. I don't think Oakland's any better. I don't believe in Drew Locke in Denver. And I also think that, you know, San Diego, or excuse me, L.A., the Chargers, without Phillip Rivers for the first time uh, in 10 years, I don't think they're going to be very good. And you combine that with the fact that Mahomes got hurt last year and missed, what, four games? I'm yes. willing to overlook Damian Williams opting out because of COVID, making uh, Edwards Hilaire their new lead back and say, you know what, over on 11.5 seems like it's a sucker front runner play. But I, I'm not against it if I'm looking at the Chiefs. I think you're dead on. I am not. I have not decided yet if I'm going over on them. But while I normally would never go over at the top, that's got a lot of attractiveness <laughs> to it. You're exactly yeah. right. And then add to it that they're playing. Well, they're playing the NFC South, which is an improved division with the Saints, Panthers, not Panthers, God, they suck, Saints, Bucks, and uh, Atlanta. Right. So I got to look at that one a little closer, but your instincts are dead on. Uh, the Niners are 10.5. They're the second tier of over-under team wins. And I'm not saying I think they're not going to be good. I just know this is a system play, system play alert. The loser of last year's Super Bowl usually takes a shit the following year. Maybe doesn't even make the playoffs. Why Why wouldn't I take the Niners under for the legal limit based on system play only? Okay. Um, I don't have a problem with that system. Let's see. Who do they play? They play the um, – yeah. They. I they don't care the who they play. The history great. says when the and Super Bowl play. loser hangover is so the severe. NFC East Redskins. Yeah. So they're like the uh, Ravens division. Those numbers are all over. I got no issue with leaning to the Niners. All right. Uh, Saints are 10. Cowboys are 10. Oof. Buccaneers are 9.5, as are the Patriots. So Brady's current team and Brady's old team. We'll talk about this. For years yeah. on this podcast, I have said, this is the year, Mr. X. I'm <laughs> shorting the Patriots. And you laugh and you smirk and you go, okay, if you want to short Belichick, go for it. Good luck on that. Is this the year I can finally short the Pats at nine and a half? They've got the most players that opted out of the season. And who knows if Cam Newton's going to be any good? The simple answer to that is why would you stop now? <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't short them for four years and then not short them the year they go under. I mean, you got to keep going until you're right. Why is that number nine and a half? Shouldn't it be eight? Did you forget that they're with Miami and the Jets? I know. I know, so, I know, I know. Yeah. I, you know, uh, uh, by the way, 
when was the last time you said only nine and a half? I know. Patriot team? I, know. I mean, that's still a hell of a drop. The, the, um, the Buccaneers at nine and a half are another team I want to under just because all it takes is Brady getting hurt, and eventually he's going to get hurt. If Brady gets hurt, the Buccaneers turn back into a pumpkin. They're a six-win team, not a ten-win team. I don't know. Buck's got a lot of talent. They do. There's a reason he went <clears throat> there. But he knew where he was going. Without him, though, it ain't going to work. None of it's going to work. Okay, what did they win last year? Seven with Jameis Winston? Through 51 uh, touchdowns. Yeah. I know. Uh, how many right. to his team? No, whatever. You know, he the, Eagles, the Eagles and the Steelers are nine and a half. I don't get the Eagle infatuation. I just don't. It's the same thing, Zabe. It's they're playing. They got four wins versus the Giants and Redskins, and split with the Cowboys. They're five and one out of the shoot. I guess so. Now, now does it make sense? You know, Steelers nine and a half. Big Ben, they say, is healthy. They say the elbow is good. We'll see if they can bounce back to the shape they once were uh, before his injury last year. The Bills are nine, and that seems to be a bit overcooked. But you know, they're the team of the moment. The Packers are nine. And the Packers won 12 last year. Was it 12 or 11? 13, I think. Okay, hold on a second. They have the biggest – the Packers have the biggest decrease in wins. Yes. Without any substantial headline losses. They didn't lose Rodgers. They didn't lose Devontae Adams. They didn't lose um, uh, Jamal Ad- – or not Jamal Adams, uh, they're, they're running back. Um, Williams. I mean, not Adams, not Jones, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, right. Adams, Jones, Williams, all these common surnames. <laughs> they, 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 and they're in the second year of a new coaching regime, which should help. I don't get it. And so my instincts are to take the Packers over, and then my second instinct is, you're always wrong, run the other way. <laughs> well, it's a guaranteed, as uh, Doc Walker would say, I guarantee I you it's one of those two things. It's one- <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you one of those two is right. <laughs> right. You want to go one and one? There you go. Now, you know what? You're right. I think the first thing anybody would start with on that analysis is there is no team that won more games more than 13 and three. 13 three. It was a, it was a downwind season, as I called it. Right. They had that very. Was a, that was a. Downwind mm-hmm. season, they had very few injuries. They caught right. some of their toughest opponents with their quarterback pants down, like the Chiefs. They caught David Moore instead. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it Matt or Matt Matt Moore? Excuse me, not David Moore. I'm throwing names around here. So that one to me is awfully enticing. But then I say, whoa, whoa, whoa! You are emotionally complicated here. You're all. You're all tangled up in the Packers emotionally and with your your desires for them to be good because of the show in, in Milwaukee. So you gotta back off of that. Nine wins for the Packers. Intriguing. That's, that's always that's always a dilemma because you don't want to be, quote, a homer, but you also know more about the ones you follow. So I get that. True. The clear the the reason they dropped four games is because on paper they were a ten win team last year. Every like you said, they yeah. had a lot of things break right. Um, so they, you know, that that's the reason for the adjustment in my mind. Aaron Rodgers is not getting younger. I don't know that I could really go under them, but I do think that's a sucker bet written right there. Yes. Seahawks are nine. I would bet the over on that. Colts are nine. I don't get it, but I haven't looked at the Colts real close yet. Vikings are nine. That seems about right. The Titans at eight and a half are stuck between are they really good or were they hot last year and did they become everyone's darling? 
That's an interesting total. I agree with you. Um, they play the Vikings division, you know, and they play the Ravens division, which I think is a very good division. Um, that's just a weak overall division, but that's that both Tennessee and Houston numbers seem a little bit low, but I got a little more work to do. Uh, the Browns are eight and I, I will, I will hammer the under on principle alone saying you're the fucking Browns. Prove it to me once burn me once. And win nine, you assholes, under Cleveland. Boom. Well, you know what? They are one of the the best lessons that you have. Now, I'm not trying to use hindsight, but the one lesson I would say out of the shoot: never play the team with the most off-season noise. Whoever gets all of the attention in the off-season is not where you go. Last year, it was Cleveland. Everybody yeah. thought Cleveland was good, the world yeah. beater. Last Their year was the year was to go opposite Cleveland. It was easy. Yeah. This year, so they're quiet. I think a year late on that. Yeah, we might be. A year that's late. a pretty good team. And when they get to beat up on um, the Redskins division, most of those teams are going to win some games. The Rams and McVay are eight, and I think they truly are. And either way, coin flip. Will they bounce back like they did two years ago, or are they in the down cycle? We'll see. Bears are eight, and Trubisky is probably not going to last the year as their starter. Broncos are eight as well, which is probably where there should be. The Chargers are seven and a half. Falcons are seven and a half. The Texans are seven and a half. Boy, I'd love to under the Texans now that you don't have uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think he was obviously a huge part of their team. Cardinals have him now. They're also seven and a half. The Raiders are seven and a half. Here's the one that I find puzzling. The Jets are seven. The Jets. Is it because minus the normal Patriot championship caliber team in New England, does that lift their total up just a bit? They're a very interesting one. I'm doing more work on them, but I will say this. They won six last year, I think. I know. In, as you called it, the dominant Patriot era. Yeah. So go no further than there. Is seven a big improvement? Not really. Um, I think that number's about where it belongs. Uh, the Lions and Giants are six and a half each. I don't have a firm opinion on either. I hate the Giants, so I'm emotionally clouded on that one. The Dolphins are six, and they won five last year when they were supposedly tanking for Tua. They still got Tua. I like the <laughs> Dolphins over that number of six, but again, I might just be Tua crazy. That was a strange path to Tua, wasn't it? Sure was. <laughs> Everyone thought you had to go over to get Tua. And then when they won five, you thought they blew it. And they, I guess they knew what they were doing all along, huh? The Carolina Panthers are five and a half with Teddy Bridgewater now as their starter and a new coach. The Bengals are five and a half with Joe Burrow. And then there's our Washington football team at five wins. Only ahead of the Jaguars at four and a half. What would stop me as a homer from just putting a little something on on Washington over? The fact that I may be delusional and it could be one of the worst years they've ever had? Well, there's two things. First of all, I'm seeing five and a half everywhere. Oh, you are? Okay. Um, But by the way, either way, when you make that final decision to be a homer and pound the Redskins, I think that's a great decision. Before you put it in, please call me. I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> okay. Your your lean is no, the other I'm way. I'm not good on that team. I am not I'm not sold on that I, team. I, th- I think they're going to be terrible offensively. I think defensively they'll hang in games because I think the talent's yes. there defensively and Chase Young's going to be great. But offensively they were dead last in most categories last year. 
and you know Instagram workouts and lower body fat for Dwayne Haskins is nice. It doesn't yeah. translate into winning games per se. Once they the still have, uh, they still have a, a. There's this is still an offensive league. This is 2020, not You're the right. 1970s. It's really hard to just say, "Oh, well, our defense is pretty good." That doesn't work anymore unless you can at least move the ball or control the ball. And there's a lot of holes on the offensive side for sure. All right, on MVP, Mahomes is like four to one most books. Lamar Jackson seven to one. Russell Wilson seven to one. Dak Prescott twelve. Brady eighteen to one. Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz seventeen to one each. How do you feel in general about betting a MVP bet to start a season? Well, there's a, a general rule on all prop bets, and that is I am taking a big dog or I'm taking nothing. You get nothing by picking Mahomes and Brady and Brees. You, you know, there's such a downside and so easy to lose. And, you know, in baseball, you get an MVP in each league. Football, you get one. That's a tough bet. Would now if, would Aaron Rodgers at twenty three to one be big enough for you? Uh, no. Would uh, Big Ben at forty four to one be big enough for you? That's tempting, but okay. let's see. How many has he won so far? Zero. No, I don't think so. Would Kirk Cousins at fifty to one be enough? <laughs> That's teasing part of me. The, part of the That's problem is me. part of the problem is this is voted on by humans who are very biased, exactly. and they generally they generally don't give the award to somebody who might be statistically deserving or win loss deserving if they're not enough of a star. Zave, you got you're hitting on a, a circling around a really important point. I sort of said the reason I don't play those is because number one, it's really hard to pick who's the most dominant player in the league. And then number two, those morons have to agree with you. So that makes <laughs> right. it hard. Right. I, and secondly, the same thing is happening these days with the Heisman. Years ago, you would pick out the MVP or the Heisman as who the heck was the best. And you actually got, let's call it, uh, style points when you excelled on a mediocre team. Now they just give it to the guy who's on the best team. And I know. that makes it harder. There's no more Barry Sanders winning a Heisman on a seven and four Oklahoma state team. Now it's, Oh, you gotta, you gotta be, you know, a top team. So you're not only picking the MVP, it's pretty hard to say, Hey, this guy was great. And team goes 10 and six. You're not getting there. So you do have to factor that in as well. Here's the MVP long shot for you. Yeah. And it's just not a Homer. It's not a Homer. It's going to sound like what's wrong with Cam Newton, Cam, Cam, Because now you're talking about the writer's sentiment, bounce back story, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't, I'm not saying that. Doesn't, hurt, doesn't, hurt, doesn't hurt that he's black either in this day and age. Well, Just yeah, saying. I mean, this is a story. That it is a great story. A lot more sense than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh, Cam is 32 to 1. Oh, geez, so that's come way down. It was 50. Oh, it was. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, interesting. I guess other people had the same idea like, hey, if he's good and healthy and, and he and Belichick are making sweet music and they win the division again and they win That's a playoff a game. And, yeah. and every writer who doesn't like Tom Brady well, can't wait to hand that award to Cam. Plus, they want to they wanna cement the narrative of, see, black quarterback had to settle for a minimum deal, won the MVP. What's exactly. wrong with yeah. the NFL so, teams? 
There's a lot of storylines there. I think it went from 50 down to 32 because okay. he's finally beating out Jared Stidman. Stidham. Stidman. Stidham. Not, not Stidman. Yeah, Stidham. Come on there. This is the last time we'll probably ever say his name. All right. Before your final thoughts, uh, and then we'll wrap it up here because I'm trying to reduce the pitch count on my voice yeah. here. The uh, the odds sounds of like the... we already left you in too long in this game. It's all right. It's uh, the odds <laughs> here. I like this. The odds on the first coach to be fired. You, you know who's the favorite? Matt Patricia. Well, most years it's the Redskins. But I not know. Rivera. Not this. Year. Well, we're <laughs> we we've got that new car smell on our coach this year, so That's we're going right. to keep him for at least one more. Matt Patricia at three to one. Doug That's... Marone with the Jaguars at four to one. Adam Crazy Eyes Gase with the Jets at eight to one. Uh, I'm, you know, Patricia's clearly the favorite for a reason, but what? I wouldn't take it. I, I like Patricia. Is you anybody, do right after him? Anybody? I do. Why? I think he, you know he took over a really bad team and kept them bad defensively. Oh, yeah, boy. okay, but he didn't get them worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the bar now. Yeah, okay. well, the first guy fired usually has a decline below expectations. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good one. Is there who's is there any other close to those three? Uh, the, the next one is Dan Quinn of the Falcons. That's a good pick. Then Bill O'Brien at eleven to one. That's mine right there. Eleven to one. Right there, huh? Ding ding ding. I, ding 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 ding. Okay. Maybe they'll just make him the GM. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. What if they Fire him as coach, keep him as GM. Does that count yeah. in the sports book and their well, ruling? Yeah, it's interesting to try to figure out what's he better at. <laughs> Not neither. He's neither. mediocre at both. And the guy's and, got one thing going for him, and that's the Zabe lookalike. That's I'm, it. I'm raising my voice right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Any other thoughts before we convene next Friday? for our first installment of football four and a half ways Friday for 2020, the pandemic crippled season. Any other thoughts for people? Remember, you can go to callmemrx.com for more information on what Mr. X offers and the levels of it and everything else. He's not a tout. He is a gambling educator. Final thoughts. Yeah, I got one. I thought of this today. Probably should have asked you this off air. How about this as an addition? We'll think about this. Maybe maybe the guys, a lot of guys like to email in to our, um, with suggestions at yes. askmrx, at callmemrx.com if you got ideas, things you want to see on the show, et cetera. But I'm thinking of throwing this one at you as a feature on front. I'm calling it the Thanksgiving Kids Table. Okay. And the reason is, as you know, since X2 and all of his buddies are, becoming degenerate lights Mm -hmm. um and they're all geniuses because they're 22 23 years old Mm -hmm. and they're all have got the bug i'm gonna have them pull their heads and give me one pick each week which (laughs) comes from the you know the thanksgiving kids table yeah there you you go i like it the kids table special of the week here's what x2 x3 x4 like this week (laughs) because yeah you know you know teenagers and 20 year olds they think they know everything including who's gonna win that week in the nfl Oh, yeah. Well, that's because they know things that we've never seen before because we've not been around very long. We're this is idiots. only my 44th year doing NFL gambling. Right. What do I know? Right. We're idiots. We don't know. We're old people. Okay. I yeah. like that. All right. The kids, the Thanksgiving kids table dinner. All right. You're on a diet, but you're you're still going to eat lobster tonight, so that's good. Lobster or lobster Please. roll on your two-month getaway with Mrs. X in Maine? Yes. 
do a Would little you, of all of that. A little bit yeah. of both. Okay. Very good. Oh, yes. All right, Mr. X, good luck. Call me Mr. X.com, the website. Email is just call me Mr. X. Follow him on Twitter as well at call me Mr. X. Or at just call, call me Mr. X on the website. Yeah. yeah I mean, on Twitter. Gotcha. Thanks, Abe. See you all later. Right, see you later. All right, let's end with uh, a little bit of coronavirus. Iowa State has reversed course on its decision. They were going to have 25,000 fans for their first game in Ames, Iowa, and their university president, after working with the athletic director to have this plan, said after two days she had received feedback and decided to reverse course. Well, if that isn't following the science, I don't know what is. Talk about leadership. You work on a plan amongst yourselves, with your athletic director, talking to your health experts, campus experts, medical experts, and then because you put the plan out and the Karens scream about it, you go back on it. Again, we're only going to move as fast as the slowest Karens, and there are way too many Karens still afraid to come out from under the covers. Speaking of afraid to come out or just not wanting to come out, officials in Montgomery County, Maryland, say they are not ready to lift restrictions as part of the statewide Phase 3 reopening plan. Instead, they are going to stay in Phase 2 with individual modifications. Are you kidding me? No, and I wish I was. If anybody, six months ago, If you knew this was going to be the case, would you have signed up for it? Two weeks to flatten the curve has turned into, hey, the entire state is going to phase three of, I think, a five-phase return. I don't know. It might be nine phases. But the whole state's like, look, we got 3% positivity. We've got 84 cases a day, which could be false positives in the entire state. We can't open up. We can't even move to phase three. We're going to stay in phase two, but we're going to handpick certain things that can or cannot be opened. This guy, uh, Montgomery County Health Officer, Dr. Travis Gales, and County Executive Mark Elrich, they are your God right now if you live in Montgomery County, the People's Republic of Montgomery County. They're the ones who will decide what you can and can't do with your life. This guy says... It's not time to party yet. What a douche. Control is their religion, and they love to make you worship it. They will never give it up willingly. This will go on forever. Of course, there are some states that get it, and I might have to start looking at Zillow real estate listings in Idaho. The Idaho House has passed a resolution to cancel all coronavirus restrictions. It will now go to the state Senate, and if it passes, Idaho will be the first state to stop the nonsense and to put up the flag of, we're done. Pandemic is over. Oh, and Nancy Pelosi has addressed her salon incident from the other day. Of course, she's gone on the offense. She says, I take responsibility for trusting the word of the neighborhood salon that I've been to many times. It was a setup. And I take responsibility for falling for a setup. I think that this salon owes me an apology 
for setting me up. This woman has such Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake vibes. It's amazing. And of course, more sports writers today took shots on Twitter about Kirk Cousins saying, hey, I'll wear a mask out of sensitivity to others, but I think it's kind of dumb. And my concern percentage over coronavirus is 0.00001. And he says, if I die, I die. And more sports writers, more woke sports writers like Pablo Torre took shots at Kirk Cousins than he did a shot at Nancy Marie Antoinette Pelosi. Of course. No shock there. By the way, they uh, they arrested a, a salon owner in Texas for just opening her business. She went to jail briefly and then got pardoned by the governor. But yeah, Pelosi, Speaker of the House, oh yeah, she can do whatever she wants. It's fucking madness, people. Oh, and speaking of madness, uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser in D.C. has agreed with a commission that says they want to start renaming monuments in D.C., Didn't say removing monuments like the Jefferson or the Washington Memorial, but renaming them and others. Trump joked about this years ago, and people ripped Trump for it. John Oliver with a a TV segment on his show uh, this week, last week, tonight, whatever his show is. Like, yeah, right, that's ever going to... Oh, wait, it's now happening. People are retweeting that segment going, this staged well, here we are. I'm sure they'd love to remove them, but... Can you imagine the demolition job it would take to remove those monuments? And this is the greatest argument why, once and for all, for the last time ever, Washington, D.C. must never become a state. They must never gain two senators. They are not their own state. They that The District of Columbia belongs to the entire country as the nation's capital. It is not a plaything for the Democrat Party. But there you go. It's happening in real time. So there it is. I'll end on a good quote, and I like this one. This sent in from a listener on Twitter. Zabe, in response to your comments at the end of Tuesday's podcast, I want to share with you one of my favorite quotes of all time. And I wish more people in leadership positions understood this. And I cut and pasted the thing, and it doesn't have the picture on it. The picture said, and I recall it, it said, if you've done the right thing, oftentimes people will think that you've done nothing. And that's a twist on the Thomas Sowell quote of, the beauty of doing nothing is that you can do it perfectly every time. It was something about, you know, leadership is sometimes, if you do, if you don't do anything, people will think that you've done nothing at all, but you've actually done the right thing or something like that. Would have helped to have the quote handy, but well, I fucked up. And i got to stop talking. I'm 35 minutes in at least, and my voice needs a rest. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow it is for subscribers. It'll be Notorious J-A-Y. Join me on Fridays. It's $5 a month to be the fully dedicated Zavecast listener, and I appreciate everybody who does subscribe. For you freeloaders, uh, your week's trip has ended. I will be taking Monday off for Labor Day. I've given myself Labor Day off, and then next week, We are a hard-charging four-day-a-week week. week. Three free, one pay, and we're off for the 2020 football season, and it will be be glorious. Thank you for listening. Have yourself a great Friday or Thursday, and we will see you next time.